hockey fans, it is October, if, if you can believe that, <laughs> October 2nd, 2020. This is episode 63 of the ClapperCast. I'm Burke, and I'm joined by Sean. Sean, hockey's done, but it'll be back soon, I guess. I, uh, I now have an emptiness inside of me that I don't know how to fill. Oh, you can clearly fill that with MLB playoffs and NFL games, right? It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, in the NBA Finals, I guess, too. I, I probably won't watch any much. of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe MLB, the Blue Jays got knocked out in the wild card. Maybe some NFL, because I am in a fantasy pool, but I don't know anything about that game. And then no no NBA, so Sports. the void is real. So yeah. for the offseason, are we going to switch to like an NFL podcast or something? Yeah, so that'll probably be about like two <laughs> weeks of content, and then we'll switch back into the draft and any free agent signings and <laughs> <laughs> training camps and roster previews and all of that. So, okay, you know, good. I we don't might have, have like another sport now. <laughs> yeah, we might have only have like you know one week or something of a different sport to cover. But, um, yeah, I mean the the finals are over. Uh, congratulations to the 2019-2020 Tampa Bay Lightning. It was their year for once. Finally. finally. They can finally – so, you know, we went from, like, the Sharks being the chokers to the Cast being the chokers, the Lightning were the chokers. Now they're not. Who's next? Um, probably the Sharks, maybe? Again? <laughs> back, back to the Sharks, full circle? <laughs> no, like, as in I was thinking breaking the, the choke. Oh, label. breaking the choke. Okay. Yeah. I was going with who's going to take over the mantle of choking team next. Uh, well, probably Nashville. <laughs> I would say Nashville would be would be up there. Uh, or Toronto. Toronto. Is no, Toronto's right there actually. They're uh, they're already on board with that one, so I think that's uh, probably yeah, a good pick. They're right on pace. They're right on pace. <laughs> so so yeah, maybe let's uh, take kind of a debrief here of the the finals. Uh, so Tampa ended up winning four games to two in a six game series so you got it right on the you got the nail right on the head didn't you, you right you yeah exactly, exactly six. you know i i had a horrible first three rounds for predicting but i got the one that counted so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna wipe the rest away and call it a win <laughs> yeah so kudos to you on that uh <laughs> i thought i might have had a chance i i predicted dallas and six i knew that was kind of a, a bit of a stretch but um yeah, I mean they they looked good in game one, and then honestly they started the series not strong. So good. That first that first say four periods or so, four or five periods were all stars. It took Tampa Bay a few to find their feet. Yeah, and it took uh, Tampa getting some power play opportunities to really kind of help them find their game because once they got that power play rolling, it was. Kind of game over for Dallas, and that Dallas was a big turning point. A was lot of uh, irresponsible penalties, and Tampa was just seizing all every opportunity that they got. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a massive turning point in in game was it game two? Tampa got a couple of early power play goals that put them ahead. Yeah, I yeah. think I think in game two, uh, D Dallas took like. It was like three or four penalties in the first, or something like that. Three, yeah, three penalties in the first. Tampa Bay got two power play goals, and that was uh, that was a major turning point for for the series. It was pretty much all Tampa Bay after that. Yeah, and um, 
Dallas just, uh, they looked flat at, at certain points. And then, um, I mean, that that's kind of a always a two-way street where <clears throat> they look flat, but Tampa was also dominating for large stretches of, of games where they controlled the game Dallas like would no go other. Not even exact, no exaggeration here, but Dallas would go like 12, 13 minutes without a shot. And it was just all Tampa Bay. Yeah. There was uh there was a shift. I can't remember if it was game three. I think it might have been game three, because that was kind of the mini blowout game, right? Um where Tampa just was probably like the best hockey that a team had played in the entire playoffs. They were yeah. just um so dominant. They had like two plus minutes of like zone time or something it was just insane like probably would have been sometime around the second period of that game then because that was the one that they just absolutely lit it up yeah it uh it really just you know (laughs) it was just a team that was operating firing on all cylinders and honestly there was there was very little that dallas could even do to to counter what tampa bay was doing you know, Dallas was getting kind of decimated. There, a lot of their good defensive players, especially their forwards, were getting taken out by injury. Tampa Bay was taking advantage of that, and they were just dominating every single facet of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dallas had uh, no erratic facts. Uh, Blake Como only played two games. He got hit by, uh, I believe it was um, McDonough, hit him. And like an open ice suicide pass kind of situation and, and just kind of blindsided it was a clean hit but he blindsided him and, and uh he was out for the rest of the series and um yeah losing those two guys i think was really huge for them because these are two guys that play in the middle six and you know kill penalties and do that heavy aggressive four check yeah. and and I mean that was are really key to Dallas's game. Exactly, that was one area that we talked about. Dallas maybe being able to take advantage was having a little bit of that that depth in their lineup. And if the depth's all hurt, then it's hard to really take advantage. It's hard to really find any way to get advantage over Tampa Bay because you're stuck playing an injured Sagan, Radulov, and Ben and Pavelski, Pavelski and Perry even more than they already were. Yeah, and uh, Rupe Hints was also hurt for the last few games of the series, and yeah. you know he's, he's a major an energy player, player for them. them. He's got secondary scoring, fast speed, generating chances all the time. Plays on power play too, um, so missing that guy, you know, missing a lot of those middle forwards was was huge. And yeah, I mean, I think you made a good point there, where a lot of these older guys had to play a lot of minutes and. You really saw it in, the, especially in Game Six, in near the end of the game when Dallas tightened up their bench. They looked so slow. Yeah, they were just exhausted. Well, even throughout all of Game Six, like they went full Vancouver Canucks against Vegas in Game Seven, because they had ten shots halfway into the third period. They had like one, I think they had one good stretch or one good power play where they got a handful of shots that put them kind of at a more respectable number. But there was just nothing going all game for them. And even in like those last five minutes when you'd hope that, you know, they would really, they would really just start firing and really start just, you know, trying to go all out to get something going, they could not get by Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay was just stopping and they couldn't even get anything going in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. They, they played so well. Um, 
you know, kind of one of the things that I thought Dallas might have the edge on was like the active defense. And, um, you know, we kind of saw a little bit of, of, of that from, you know, in, in some of the games, but it, Tampa Bay really did a good job at pressuring the puck carrier like early um, as when Dallas was coming into the defensive zone, just pressuring them and, and forcing turnovers and mistakes and mistake like errant dump in like a lot of icings and um, they just did a really good job at pressuring Dallas and not allowing them to get anything going and um, making it really kind of easy for um, Vasilevsky because he had like what was the total shots that uh, Dallas had in this series uh, 157 and Hudobin had 200 yeah, two hundred one. Quite the discrepancy over six games. You're looking at like a, you know, eight to ten shot differential per game, basically. Yeah, and um, and when Udobin you know. was good, um, but he he got a lot of harder shots. I think like he did, and that's Tampa that's one of the things Tampa Bay them. excels at is finding a way to get high quality chances. They've got such a good especially their their main offensive guys like Point and Kucherov, they can just create chances from high high percentage scoring areas just by virtue of being on the ice. And you especially have like Point, he's really, really good at breaking into the slot and getting shots off from the high slot. And Kucherov loves to rip it from the slot from the circle there with his with his slap shot. Yeah. And we saw Tampa Bay taking advantage of a lot of matchups while Point was out there and some of their faster, smaller guys, they really blew by a lot of the uh, Dallas defense. So one guy in particular that I noticed got beat a lot was Essel and Dell. Um, it seemed like he was trying to respect this, the, like the offensive player, but he gave them way too much room and time, and they'd just go by him. They caught, caught him flat-footed a bunch of times. Yeah, um, yeah there Lindell was a lot had of a bit of a rough series, but I mean... <laughs> Look who he's look who he's playing up against. He's playing twenty six minutes a night in that series, and look who he's playing against. Like Point Kucherov, like those. That's a hard matchup to go to go six games on. Yeah. Yeah. He he. Uh, I mean, he was second on the team in, in total ice time. Um, Heiskanen was first. Lindell was second. Klingberg was third. Um, all around one hundred and sixty, one hundred fifty five minutes. Um, and yeah, Lindell was just out there a lot, so it just, you know, uh, I'm not saying he's a bad defenseman, but he got burned on a few things, and there's a, there's a few goals where he tried to block it, and it just went off his stick and in, and um, it's tough. Um, but you know, Tampa's such a good team that, if, I mean, even if they had a guy like Hedman <laughs> on on Dallas, you know. If he's playing that much, he's going to make some mistakes. I mean, even Hedman makes made some mistakes in this series on Tampa um, just because of the fatigue factor, I think. But Tampa just took advantage of, you know, guys ca catching guys out there, like right after a change or um, after they've been out for a really long time and just taking advantage of their fatigue and, and just making them pay. You know, and then that goes with – drawing penalties and stuff too right just making, yeah. making mistakes they did a really exceptional job at that yeah one of the cool things so they started using a lot of that um, player and puck tracking stuff through the playoffs and one of the things that you get we saw a lot of was the shift tracker 
and you very routinely would see Heiskanen and Klingberg out there for two plus minutes at a time, where they've got the the shift tracker and like Tampa or Dallas is just hemmed in their own zone, and they cannot get a change in. They've got Heiskanen and Klingberg or whoever with out there for two three minutes at a time, and like that's that's a lot for one shift, especially when you're stuck in the D zone like that. Yeah, yeah, they look tired a lot of the times, um, and then just making mental mistakes. You know, just not being able to clear the zone or get like having a pass picked off or yeah, shooting it out of the play or icing it. Yeah, and uh, going back to your comments about Dallas's active D, um, it's hard for for defensemen like Haskinen and Klingberg to actually utilize those skills when they can't even get past Tampa Bay's defensive lines. That they you know, Haskinen will break into the zone, but he has nowhere to go because Tampa's covering the options for pass and they're pressuring him. They're right on him. Uh, they're right, like, right up in his business. Like, he can't do anything with the puck. And they just, he ends up turning it over, dumping it in, giving it away, like, whatever happens there. They can't do anything with it. So that kind of shuts down a large yeah. part of their offense. Just being hemmed in the zone for so long and then not being able to break out with speed. You know, that's so much of their game is just skated up the ice and cut through everybody but when you're at the end of your shift you can't do that right you got to yep. get off and it, it was just enormous pressure by tampa bay they were so good at puck retrieval like they looked like they were they just won every puck battle and every board battle it seemed they knew where um, the puck was going to be and they were just there yeah yeah th- it's just a just a great performance from them um and i really think that dallas missed a lot like those especially those three guys like um, Hints, Faxa, and um, uh, Como just hurt them quite a bit. Basically, losing, like missing a line, kind of sucks. A line and three quarters of your penalty killers, basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess on, on the, like on Tampa's side, like we saw them utilize that pressure that Dallas was missing, like. Uh, Anthony Sorelli was, was a guy that uh, was noticeable every time he was out there. You know, he, he only got three points in the series, but he was very physical. Yeah, he um, does he does so much more than just score, and it's it's really it's a it's truly like a great way to learn or to see a forward playing all facets of the game. Like he can he can score, but he doesn't have to. He's physical. He's engaged defensively. He just is all over the place. He's just tenacious on the puck. Like when there was a guy didn't matter where what end of the, z- the rink he was in but he was just on them like he just wouldn't give up he was so tenacious you know knocking down pucks and stick checking and, and body checking and you know that's that's the kind of guy that you need on on your team to yeah it's a great you know, make uh, it hard for the other team to play and get anything going yeah a great complimentary player great depth player like useful in any situation just a great utility guy Moving, I wanna I wanna move back to to game three here, with uh, the the one key moment that I really feel was like a major momentum swing and major boost for Tampa Bay was Stamkos coming back. And uh, just that that moment that moment of him, yeah, <laughs> that moment in in his five shifts in the series that he comes in, scores a goal on his shot, and leaves with leaves getting injured again. Like how big was that for the team? Because that was sort of like the you know no looking back after that moment they just kind of had it and rolled after it yeah um one shot one goal 100 percent shooting percentage in the yeah. series um 
NHL I record huge. for I mean, points I, per sixty or something in the playoffs. <laughs> you saw like um, some some videos on like Instagram and, and stuff of Stamkos doing like pregame, like the pregame speech for that game, and it was just pretty cool. You, you know, you could tell it's a pretty close group. A lot of the guys have been there for a, quite quite some time. Um, so yeah, I think that mu- that must have been huge for them just to have him come back and you know how meaningful he is for them. And then, you know, he we saw him in the first period. He played five shifts after his goal. He didn't really play again, but he stayed out there. He went to the room for a long time, but came back out on the bench. And he stayed on the bench the whole game. You know, he was doing things like going over to the ref circle and and asking questions when there was a discussion going on. So he was still engaged. You know, cheering on his teammates, happy when they scored, and all that sort of stuff. And talking to them on the bench and um you know it's just just a great leader you know i always kind of like to see that when a guy sticks around and stays on the bench even though he's yeah. hurt um and you know it must be really hard for him mentally just to get back in it and makes an impact on the game and and then just know it's it's not right and it came out that um he had uh like a sports hernia surgery yeah. right um and then he uh that was before before the bubble was healing up healed up and then developed a compensating injury yes uh, somewhere else in his body and then you know was was ruled out for the rest of the series after that game um so you know that's he's expected to be back for for next season but you know that that's tough mentally uh, and he's been hurt so many times yeah. before and um, his whole career you know, honestly bad. he's he's always like he gets to a good point like and then he gets hurt, and like I think same thing happened with like his Olympic. Both both times he could have gone to the Olympics, he got hurt and missed it, stuff like that. And it's it's nice that it find like it didn't work out for him, like he didn't get to play, but he was still able to be a part of a huge part of that team from the dressing room, from the bench, and still guide help guide them to finally winning winning the cup, finally winning it for him. So I think that was a really amazing moment for for the team, and it was kind of a cool little. Uh, cool it was a cool little stretch for him to be able to take part in that in any way and uh something i liked from him too is that they they talked with bettman and worked it out beforehand that they did like the the team picture with the cup before they actually awarded it to stamkos because like normally you go from like commissioner to the captain and then you do all the skating and then you take the photo but they did that before they even handed it to stamkos this time they kind of gave the shout out to the team first which i thought was really cool little moments as well in there yeah, that is pretty neat. Um, and then uh, I know we talked about this before during the playoffs, but um, you know, Tampa Bay was just such a well put together team, and the additions that they made, you know, the beginning of the season and even mid season, just paid off so well for them. Um, yeah, I know, really had, like um, what Blake Coleman was providing through that series. Like, he was another guy yeah, who was kind of Blake all Coleman. over the place. Like, if he was on the ice, you noticed him right away. Um, Barkley Goodrow was, was good, um, you know, defensive player, played PK. Um, and then, um, you know, we had, like, Zach Bogosian. I think he played game one and game six. Uh, you know, he, he when he came back, he looked good. Um, we had... Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, who was bought out by the Rangers in the offseason and, and came in, um, you know, uh, provided that OT game winner for them. Um, yeah. 
crazy that a guy that got bought out came back and, and was so instrumental in this cup finals and on the other team Corey Perry another guy who was bought out by the Anaheim Ducks had a had a huge series like yeah. so he actually played really well what are what are your thoughts on Corey Perry's redemption arc through the series through this through this <laughs> year actually <laughs> I mean I would say it's redemption because he did still did <laughs> Corey Perry things um, but it was cool I mean maybe like a redemption in, as far as like a return to you know performance and not having to be the guy on a team right yeah um like a more minor role um you know dallas's pickups were, were good too i mean um they had pavelski was huge um yeah pavelski kind of took yeah. over because the the main guns on on dallas sort of died off a little bit through that series i mean they were hurt and matched up against really difficult opponents but pavelski and perry to kind of took charge of the team in that series so it was really really cool to see for them yeah uh point led the playoffs with 14 goals and pavelski had er, yeah point had 14 and pavelski had 13 so he was up there um he was playing a lot with radulov and ben near the end of the series um or to the middle and end of that series because sagan was just not not making an goals happen um he was making a lot of assists happen for that for game uh i think three and four or five four, four and five, five maybe um yeah because he he assisted uh, a lot but, of those goals you know, Corey Perry, Perry, he scored in a row yeah there was a stretch of five five or was it six goals where it was six. either perry or pavelski yeah they scored all of them so you know the, the two guys two of the three guys that they picked up in the offseason just as kind of you know just addition free agent additions um, for pretty cheap contracts um, stepped up huge for them uh, Andre Sekera, uh kind of like a depth D-man um, he was yeah, good he, in the PK yeah serviceable serviceable D-man um, but um, you know the offensive players definitely had a good series uh, Corey Perry um, I, and I, I thought he wasn't like as dirty <laughs> as he has been but he did spear point in the nuts I guess uh, <laughs> so well, he's, I mean, you know he's, he's definitely he's not something like he's still Corey Perry like he is still <laughs> him um, but he had a really good series um, but uh, yeah getting back to Tampa's pickups um, you know so let's not forget Pat Maroon here um, it's a two times Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup champ. champion Patrick yeah Maroon. back to back <laughs> back to back um, I'm, you know, I'm really hoping he comes back to Edmonton this that always helps <laughs> yeah, and then you think it's gonna go back to back to back? Yeah, I could go for the three feet. <laughs> Patrick Maroon's three feet sounds good. All right, well, wherever he ends up this off season, put uh, put ten dollars down on them winning the cup, and it'll good probably call. have a huge payout. Yeah, good so. call on that one. Um, or he could get traded to a contender at the deadline. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's I don't think there's anyone that we're forgetting here for additions. We got uh, Shattenkirk. Uh, Pat Maroon, Goodrow, Coleman, Pagosian. Uh, yeah. I mean, Luke Dallas Shen, but he only played guys. one game in the in the series there. So, yeah. So I mean, good on all those guys. Um, but uh, yeah. So Victor Hedman, Con Smythe. Uh, how do you very, feel about that? Um, 
pretty good. I think every like Victor Hedman was an absolute force that whole time, and I think uh, what he what he did on both sides of the puck and how he just he he was like the heart and soul of that team. He kind of guided them a lot of the way through the through the playoffs through the series. He's playing like twenty six plus minutes a night, um, seven points in the finals, like ten goals in the playoffs from a defenseman. Um, I think he's absolutely deserving of that recognition, and I think it's a testament to just how good of a defenseman he is that he was able to put everything together and be such such an absolute force on all sides of the puck all over the place this series yeah i mean i i think hedman's a great choice um and i i love that a defenseman won it instead of a forward because i think that defensemen just get no love <laughs> in the NHL. A lot of what they do is hard to quantify compared to the forward scoring, but luckily Hedman is able to put the offense there as well, so it kind of gave him a bit of an extra boost. Yeah, I mean, Kucherov and Point had 30-plus points each, uh, which is insane. Uh, Point led Stanley Cup playoffs for, for scoring, had a, you know, a lot of yeah. clutch goals for them along the way, but... Um, you know, Hedman is just, yeah, yeah, he is kind of the heart and soul of that team. You're, you're totally right. He, the amount he does shutting things down and like making, like getting like a third assist or something or like just sending a guy up ice with a huge pass. Or yeah, he's so good at controlling, somebody. controlling the play, controlling the pace, controlling the tempo that he can just he's he's got those game management skills that are so crucial to helping a team settle down to helping them to helping them ramp up momentum ramp up the pace of play and you know it's the type of thing that helped tampa bay shut down anything dallas tried was being able to just completely control everything that's happening yeah he's just you know led the team in ice time and um just an exceptional player um you know, the voting was, was really close. Yeah, it's worth mentioning. Um, <laughs> um, Hedman won the Conn Smythe with 70 vote points. He had nine first-place votes, eight second-place votes, and one third-place vote. Uh, Braden Point was second with 66 points, uh, eight first-place votes, eight second-place votes, and two third-place votes. So Hedman won it by one vote, basically. Someone, you know, one, one less first-place and one more third-place. Like, that's how close it was between those two. But, um, I mean, either way, it would have been an accurate or a, an appropriate trophy trophy recipient but i'm glad hedman got it yeah i'm happy i'm happy too like i said i love when the demon gets gets recognized for just how much they work and sacrifice and you know like blocks and getting your puck on this on or their stick on the puck on on shots and taking the body and boxing guys out and taking all that punishment from the net and also being able to contribute offensively you know as good as point is and how he did play some good defense at times, but you know, Hedman's out there every single shift doing that, shutting people down. So, um, just absolutely huge uh, contribution to the team. So in the con Smythe, it, it usually comes down to like two guys, like every every year basically. It's like you know it's going to be one of these two guys, and no matter who they decide it's going to be, there's always going to be people who are like, oh well, what about this guy? He he did X Y Z all playoffs and. I think that's better than this. And it's like, well, I don't think they ultimately care. You know, the players, it's like, we won the cup. That's That was our goal, and some people voted on who was the best, whatever. It's 
not the trophy that they care about yeah. that, as much, right? It's, it's like of the two trophies the being awarded prize, in that like five minute stretch, I don't think the Con Smythe is the one they're particularly interested in. <laughs> and the thing is, yeah, too, like, it's like JS Shiger wasn't as happy winning the Con Smythe yeah. <laughs> as it would have been to win <laughs> the Stanley Cup, right? It's, it's like, like you go, oh, okay, uh, that's what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted the I Con Smythe this the season cup. thinking I want to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like screw yeah. you, screw you, I teammates. The I got the consmite. You got the and we. Who cares about the cup? <laughs> well, like I mean, when Crosby and Ovechkin won it, it's like there's arguments to be made that they shouldn't have won it. Like they didn't get the most points. They, you know, but they were the team. Like they were the guy, and like they, it just, it's kind of like the the trophies for some personal awards. It's it's not always gonna make sense like to everyone it's just as as mad as i was that jaron carlson didn't win the norris like i get it like there's there's other reasons to win it like there's being a more complete defenseman or you know being better at one part of the game that people value more or whatever like that's that's gonna be the same for the con smite so um i think you know some people were questioning why headman should should have won but it's like well whatever that doesn't doesn't really matter at yeah, the end of the day the, I think uh, the important trophy partying. got lifted a few minutes after that so that, that's all that's really yeah, needed to exactly. be said <laughs> yeah and uh we should note that uh i guess it doesn't matter if you pick up the what is it prince of wales or yeah. whatever trophy um yeah so that's just kind of one of those you know, old superstitions that uh that'll yeah, just dallas die didn't off, touch no. it but tampa did and yeah so it's doesn't matter exactly i think that adds to like the john five. cooper was right we won a trophy we're gonna yeah. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> pick it up it's like i want a trophy gonna touch it who cares <laughs> yeah good mentality to have <laughs> exactly just be polite <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't be rude like if someone gives you something you know you might as well like touch it or at least show appreciation like <laughs> yeah and uh i want to mention too that um it's it's kind of sad that the the NHL didn't pump in the booze. That I was very disappointed in that. I was I was expecting it. I was hoping for it because it would just be a nice like cult like environmental thing to have the the booing pumped into the crowd. But there was nothing, and I was very disappointed watching the cup celebration. <laughs> Players should have just stepped up and booed. That would have been kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> you got Stamco like standing promised. two feet from Batman booing in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> now give us the cup yeah <laughs> take a photo with us so that wraps things up for this time here on clappercast make sure you rate review and subscribe to our show on any podcast platform to keep up to date with the latest content you can follow us on instagram and facebook at clappercast media or on twitter at clappercast what was your favorite part of the nhl playoffs this year let us know on our social media pages and we'll be back soon with more hockey talk <laughs>